Have you ever wondered how a song is made? How it starts? What happens during the recording process? How does an idea become that beautiful three-minute thing you hear on the radio? My name is Emmeline, and in Journey of a Song, I take you on a tour of a musician's creative process, from the very first notes to the final, fully produced progression. As a singer-songwriter and an independent recording artist, I am intimately familiar with the magic of music creation, but I also know that each song has its own sacred story. Each week, I'll be talking to a different songwriter as they pull back the curtain on a favorite composition, beginning with the acoustic version of the song and ending with the final recorded product. In between, you'll hear a conversation about the inspiration behind the song, the decisions made in the recording booth, and the many ways in which music reflects and informs our emotions and our lives. This week, my guest is Fort Worth-based independent singer-songwriter Simone Nicole. Simone's ethereal voice and haunting melodies have made her a mainstay of DFW's live music scene. She began writing songs as a way to nurture her mental health, and she now seeks to share those songs with others so that they, too, can get in touch with their emotions. She released her breathtaking song, Tangerine, in March of 2020. Welcome back to Journey of a Song. My name is Emmeline, and my guest with me today is the lovely and talented Simone Nicole. Simone, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. It's so good to see you. It's good to see you, too. And I'm really excited because today we get to introduce our listeners to your beautiful song, Tangerine, and we're going to hear the acoustic version of that right now. Yeah. stars outlined the nights we used to last night but words can't be trusted so early in the morning and I never would have left you If I didn't have to get back to life But now the only thing I'm wishing for Is another escape Through the door Just another
beautiful. Thank you so much for playing. <laughs> that was lovely. It's funny, right? Because the only times I've heard you play the song, it's been acoustic. So it was very cool to hear the produced version. And I'm excited for our listeners to hear it at the end. But when you wrote this song, was it was it fully formed in that way? Or was it something you kind of honed over time? Um, it definitely took almost a month to write it. I actually have my, my book in front of me that I wrote in. And I remember like sometime in April of like 2018, I was trying to write. I like sat down and was trying to force myself to write, not force myself to write, but like sit down and be like, I'm going to write today because <laughs> I have time to do that. Um, and I was just like, I had a song in mind that I wanted to write, but the words weren't coming out right in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But then I thought of the word tangerine and I'm like, ooh, that'd be really cool to put in the song. And so I've, I tried messing with it and I actually have like a voice memo that I found on my phone last week. Um, cause I was talking about tangerine to somebody and I was like, you know, I'm curious how the song actually started and it's completely different <laughs> like just trying to squeeze tangerine into the song i was trying to write and it just didn't work and then like about almost a month later i started i was just like writing the whole experience down in different ways and trying to find the right words mm -hmm. to start with and then i remembered a phrase that was said to me which was the stars have aligned and I like wrote the whole song except for the chorus and then I was going back and reading through everything that I that I had written like throughout that month mm -hmm. and I landed back on Tangerine and I was like oh that's perfect <laughs> um, and I just squeezed it in there and just and then the song kind of formed itself and I don't know every time I put melody to songs I don't think about it too much. I just kind mm -hmm. of play chords that resonate with my mood at that time and then I play with how the words are written and like the flow of the the rhythm of the words and everything and it's definitely my more spoken song that I've ever written. Um, like speak singing or whatever. But that was kind of it was very I haven't looked at all of this since I've written it, so it's kind of funny to me. <laughs> it is. It's cool to go back. So that's that's really cool. You say spoken singing. Are you talking about the range or just the melody or the way in which it's presented? Um, I guess the melody and the way it's presented. I mean, there's still like melody to it, obviously, but I feel like my melodies used to be more extreme. It's probably why I get Joni Mitchell all the time. <laughs> um, but this one, I felt like I was more speaking with song. Yeah, for sure. So do people usually compare you to Joni Mitchell? I get it a lot, yes. <laughs> so we we were talking earlier about people who come up after shows and how cool that is to have those conversations and those experiences. Is that usually when people are like, oh, Simone, yep. you remind me of Joni Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, during like breaks or at the end of the show or when they come up and ask for a request, they're like, hey, do you know any Joni Mitchell? Or like, you remind me a lot of her. And <laughs> like thank you <laughs> do you play Joni Mitchell when people request it I actually don't I'm not super familiar with her music the only reason why I started diving into it recently is because it's been told to me so many times mm. and Rowdy actually got me one of her records and he doesn't really listen to her either so he's like I don't know if it's good or not <laughs> but then I listened to it and I actually really liked it and there's like one of my favorite songs of hers is on there I think it's called blue or something mm -hmm. but yeah i'm like slowly venturing into that stuff just to check it out and um, see if i like anything to cover also for all of the requests that come in for it <laughs> yeah that's so cool and you are you're unique and we talked a little bit about this because you mentioned your book you're unique as a songwriter and that you do everything by hand yeah you like the process of writing that out I do, and it feels more like, I feel more connected to it that way because it's almost like it's coming down my brain and down my arm and through the pin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also fun to like go back and look and see, because you know, like depending on how clean or messy your handwriting is kind of gives you an idea of where the mind was when it was written too. Yeah. Whether it was like calm or anxious or angry or sad or just 
very neat and protective or <laughs> so you have like a snapshot of the emotions that contributed yeah. to that moment in writing I guess so it's kind of fun that's really and I just, cool I like I feel like on paper you you can't erase anything that you write and there's been many times where I've like put something in my phone or like tried writing on a document on the computer and then I backspace and I'm like oh wait I should I shouldn't do that because I might need that later. So like on paper, I can always go back and I have like a bajillion of these um, and I can go back and read it or pull from it. And it's just like a, basically a catalog dump of lyrics. <laughs> but yeah, I scratch things out, but usually I just like I brain dump into these books and just see what happens when it sounds like you can kind of piece them together from yeah that that too especially when you don't know when you have like an idea but you don't know how you want to say it you can you kind of go through sometimes weeks or months of process to even get to the finished product which is kind of how tangerine happened so do you have multiple iterations of the song in the book let me see i think it's like the first part when I started writing Tangerine I was just like taking a piece of the moment but it wasn't really the way I wrote it Tangerine didn't really stand out or mean anything and then I started breaking down the the story of the song in little bits like almost trying to decide which part of the memory do I want to write about and what do I want to capture from it so it's interesting how it like I'm almost trying to describe the person instead of the situation or the feelings Mm -hmm. until I get to the actual part of it where I feel like I make it come to life a little bit more because I'm using phrases that were said and tangerine ends up being like the description for the whatever it is for me it's the person to other people it has meant different things so so. for you it almost becomes a term of endearment yeah that's cool (laughs) well and it sounds like as the song evolved the word tangerine itself and the symbol that it became evolved yeah i guess before it was more just oh i think i was i don't know i think i just liked the sound of it in the beginning like tangerine just singing it even is really fun but yeah it didn't it didn't really have meaning until i put it in there in the in the end and you mentioned also that there was that one comment the stars have aligned that became the catalyst for the rest of the song yeah. sort of forming itself <laughs> yeah can you speak a little bit about that process i know i've had like many moments where when i, I guess when i'm diving into a memory that i'm writing about it almost makes it come more alive because even with one of my other songs i kind of did a similar thing and it's kind of a newer process for me it's not typically how i jump into songs but i've noticed that when i have like a specific phrase or line that jumps out at me those are the ones that just it just tumbles and then like 15 to 30 minutes later you have a song and I don't know I don't really know how to explain it it's like because I'm a very I I see it all in my head like as a, a picture or a movie and then I'm taking out the phrase that I hear and then I start imagining or like remembering what was built around that so like I guess the first part of the song like the stars have aligned that was spoken to me and then I flip it to me hearing it like that's what you said last night and then me taking in how I feel about it like but words can't be trusted so early in the morning so the song is really just a conversation. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. I love your description of the way you look at songs. It's kind of like a film that plays out. Yep. There's a quotation that's incorrectly attributed to Michelangelo over and over, which is, I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set it free. And I think sometimes songwriting feels like that, where you're drilling down towards something and you're not sure what it is yet, but you, you're going to know it when you see it. And you're looking for something fully formed, but you have to kind of chip away at the other stuff that's surrounding it or muddying the waters or obscuring the picture that you see. Yeah, exactly. Or it's even like watching someone paint something and you don't, you kind of see these broken pieces or what it looks like. It looks like nothing at first and then it starts coming alive more. I think songwriting's the same thing, really. I guess depending how you go about it, I always... I always want to, it's almost like taking a picture, except more melodious, I don't know if that's the word, (laughs) 
and more of like a an imagination photograph to however you hear the song or feel it. So you mentioned songs as photographs or songs as films or songs as sort of snapshots and all of those different kind of visualizations. Are you synesthetic? Are you somebody who sees colors and music? Uh, I have. I don't really pay attention to it, but I've definitely had that experience a few times. I think maybe that's why I like also close my eyes when I sing a lot, mm-hmm. not only to just like hear better, but also to, I don't know, it's almost like when my eyes are closed when I'm performing, I don't, I don't know if it's colors or if it's just like I'm grabbing onto the emotion or like replaying the memory or like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like you were, you're Very like, <laughs> you're actively immersing yourself in the world where the song was created. Yeah. Whether that's emotional or visual or what have you. Yeah. It's a moment to sort of return to yourself. Right. And it's, you know, it's so funny, right? Because songs are, both both you and I play a lot in person when we can. Yeah. <laughs> Mercifully, that's something that's slowly but surely safely becoming available, which is really exciting. Yeah. But, you know, it's this strange experience when you play live a lot where you're sharing something deeply personal to you on a stage in front of lots of people. Yeah. And your job is to convey the authenticity of the emotion in the best way that you know how. But to do that, you have to kind of forget that you're in a room full of people. That, and also sometimes it makes it hard when your emotional state is in a weird place. And then you're like, do I really want to play this song today? Because now, because you're almost like reliving everything all over again. Especially if it's like, like Whiskey Cola is a song that I don't play very often unless I'm very strong mentally because it just I feel like it takes a lot out of me because it's a dark song for me this one tangerine I feel like I can play all the time and I can detach from it and still find meaning in it or like find new meaning in it when I sing it and just I don't know it's a special one (laughs) yeah and it's it's one that's especially special because you released it in March of 2020 right before the world ended yeah (laughs) basically (laughs) So it's like the last shred of normalcy before everything changed. Yeah, somehow that worked out. And also like like a, something that was kind of a fun fact was when I was recording the music video, I don't know how I found out about this fact or if it's something that popped up on Google because they always like celebrate special days or whatever. Uh-huh. But like the video itself was recorded on February 2nd of 2020. So 2-0-2-0-2-0-2. Or, yeah, lots of uh-huh. that. <laughs> like the palindrome day. Palindrome? Yeah. Was it a palindrome or was it just a bunch of two O's? I think it was, well, it says palindrome. Yeah. Oh, I guess so, because it's O2. So it was a palindrome. Yeah. That's cool. So I felt like that was a good start with the song, too, because even that whole process, everything with the song was just it flowed and it was easy and it was like almost magical and even like the music video that we did on on that palindrome day um was like a lucky thing too we had perfect weather we didn't plan anything it was just like let's get to the park and just see what happens and it was three of us just kind of spewing out ideas as we went and then we wanted a sunset and we weren't sure if we were going to get it or not And then, like, almost when we were, like, done filming, we almost left, and the sun just, like, bursted with color, and it was the most beautiful sunset I have ever seen, and uh, Josh somehow caught all of that so well on film and just made it even more special. That's so cool. So the stars continue to align with this song, it sounds like. (laughs) Maybe not for, like, the, the moment of the experience that I wrote about, but everything else with the song. (laughs) Well, but I mean, it's, you know, so our last guest on the show was Ellen once again, and she posted something on Instagram today that said, sometimes what didn't work out for you really worked out for you. Yeah, true. And I feel like music is one of those representations of that phenomenon, and that we have these moments of heartbreak or these moments of personal adversity. Yeah. And then we put it in a song, and then the song creates moments of personal triumph. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I guess it, I mean, even when I look back at everything that happened, I'm glad it happened the way it did, because it just, in a way, yeah, everything did align, when you, like, put it that way. Because there was, like, a lot of aha moments, even, like, up to the song being being written, and just how it, I just kind of threw it out there. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's really cool. So you talk about Josh, who visually captured this with the video, and that's Josh West. How did you find him, and how did you guys come to work together? He actually, I worked at a coffee shop for like a year, and he happened to be coming in to uh, edit videos, and I saw him like quite a few times to the point where I was like, what are you working on? Because I could tell it was like something nerdy that I was like super interested in too. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, yeah, I asked him what he was working on and he showed me this video he was working on and I was just blown away by his work. And I have been literally searching for a videographer that does more like film-esque videos. Um, or music videos. And I felt like even with all of the uh, metal bands that he works with, the video is just very movie-like, like a mini movie. And I told him that I am a musician and that I would like to have a, a video done and everything. And he's like, well, let's, let's figure it out. Let's do something. I was like, okay. And then it just kind of went from there. And then my friend Caleb played my boyfriend in the music video. <laughs> <laughs> So it, it all just, it flowed very naturally. Yeah. And he was awesome to work with too. And yeah, he sadly doesn't live here anymore, but he does awesome work and like travels for videos. And so if, like if anybody did want to work with him, he would travel and come out to see you and or something, however you want to rearrange that. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. So you worked with Joss West and then your friend Caleb, and they can find all the information for that on your website and on Bandcamp, right? Yeah. That's so Bandcamp cool. And Instagram, I think, has some of that stuff on there, too. So did you know once you wrote the song that it needed to have a music video? I didn't. I think it just, I was very lucky how that happened. Because I actually wanted a music video for, like, three other songs. Um, and we almost did one of, uh, I think we were going to do one for Whiskey Cola, but then I was recording this song and I was like, well, I think it would make more sense to do a video for my new release and then we can properly promote it too, even though I would still love to do videos for the other songs too. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't at the top of the list for a video, but it, <laughs> it turned out pretty cool. <laughs> so someday, someday they're all going to turn into a video. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's awesome. And that's such kismet that you guys got the sunset you wanted at the end. Yeah. That kind of burst of orange and golds. Reminiscent yeah. of a tangerine. Yeah. <laughs> All of the goldenness. Because in a way, like, for me, the story is very golden or just magical and weird. I don't know if weird's the right word, but, like, it's just very special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is a song that was inspired for you by personal experience. Yeah. Was there time, it sounds like there was time that elapsed between the experience itself and the writing of the song. Is that something you were struggling to process or something you knew you wanted to process? I think I just knew I wanted to process it. I don't, don't feel like I really struggled with it necessarily. I think I expected a different outcome and maybe that's what I was processing. Because I actually, I remember wanting, when I wrote the song, I wanted to write it with a happy ending and then I just I'm awful at lying in songs or like being too far from the truth and I think I did try to like come up with like a positive way to end the song and I just I couldn't do it I'm like this is wrong this isn't how it went I have to just it's just gonna be another sad song <laughs> but it was a story you had to tell authentically yeah and I think it, I like it better with it being sad. Or it's not necessarily sad, it's just like, I don't really know how to describe it. Kind of like, I'm okay with it. But it was sad at the time. But then as I was like writing through it and stuff, I wasn't really upset about it. It was more just like, oh, what a, what an interesting coincidence how all of this just happened. <laughs> well, and it's funny, right? Because the first thing that struck me about the song other than a line I'm going to ask you about in a minute, was that it seems to be about a moment that you wish had been one of many moments. Yeah. But wasn't. Right. Yeah, that's the, the best way to describe it, for sure. <laughs> I'm glad I nailed it. Um, 
no, but that was that was what struck me is I was like, I feel like we've all had those moments in our lives where we thought, oh, this could go one way. Like maybe this is the start of something or maybe it just is what it is. Yeah. It's difficult to discern when you're in a situation where a beginning is occurring and where you're just experiencing a passing moment. I mean, there luckily there was like open communication that that part's not in the song obviously but (laughs) so I figured that out really fast but I'm glad I didn't incorporate that into the song so I feel like it wouldn't have been as magical but I'm also glad that it that's how it worked yeah versus wondering (laughs) it's yeah I think it's always nice to have closure yeah for sure and the song does kind of settle into itself sonically although I love that you end with a seven chord I think that's really beautiful (laughs) So there's there's one line in the song. You said, I could feel it in the fire, but these days touch means nothing, even early in the morning. And I I think I think contextually, like where we are in the world, that's a line that has evolved and aged well. But I'm wondering what specifically inspired that for you. It is interesting how that one evolved with everything that's happened. Um, but yeah, for me, that was more, I guess it kind of backtracks to stuff I was dealing with prior, because like... I don't remember the time frame very well, but probably like maybe a year prior, I pretty much had like the darkest part of my life ever. And it just seemed like, cause I was always looking for something. Get some tight. We have a guest. My little fluffy cat has allergies. She She's precious. And during your acoustic performance, you also had, had a fan who was meowing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Meowing approval. All of the cats. But what was I saying? Anyway, um, so it was a period of emotional difficulty. Yeah, and it kind of ended with, like, I always wanted something special and serious and just, I'm very much a romantic and sensitive and all of that stuff. And I think during that part of my life, I just kind of realized how intimacy wasn't what it was supposed to be it was very just nothing um I don't know if that makes any sense (laughs) like what what, intimacy is supposed to have meaning and at that point it meant nothing to me and I felt like through this experience that I had like a year later when I thought I was I had finished dealing with all that it still kind of felt the same way like it felt like it had meaning but it didn't at the same time I think it was more like me hoping it had meaning and it didn't. Um, Or maybe the meaning was just different than what I expected. Yeah, so I kind of, I threw that in there because I felt like it was relative to some of the other songs that I had written uh, in the past. And it's almost like combining it all for myself. Like it was kind of the last time I allowed myself to do something that, well, this was the first time I think I was trying to have meaning in intimacy and I don't really know how else to word it um I just I tried to make that come into the song or like try to bring it into the song but it could really I guess mean many things but that's kind of how I wrote it for myself yeah how it meant to you yeah I think yeah you talk about you know the expectations we place on things and the sensitivity of an artist how sometimes we perceive depth to be everywhere yeah, And when we don't find the depth for which we're looking, it kind of shakes your worldview for a moment. Right. Yeah, and it kind of, it can throw you off balance or it can make you tumble into lots of alignment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, you can either take the situation, I suppose, and say to yourself, oh, I guess nothing means anything. Yeah. Or nothing means what I want it to mean. Or you can say, I guess this means I need to go search for something that does mean what I want it to mean. Right. I think it was a little bit of all of those. That's a clear delineation of a spiritual journey. (laughs) You are someone who talks a lot about the mystery in songs and about the mystery in art and sort of treating that as sacred, like maintaining enough space and enough mystery that everything you do is accessible but at the same time it's not so autobiographical that people can only imagine you in it right yeah I try to I think that's something I've always done because when I when I personally listen to songs I'm going to put my own memory or emotion to it and when I really like a song I will go (laughs) hunt down the meaning of it just to see if mine is anything close to the artist and sometimes it's not at all (laughs) 
And sometimes it's like exactly the same thing that they experienced. So I guess like every time I've written songs, I wanted to keep in mind like other people are going to listen to this, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, and, and put their own meaning to it. And that's actually many reasons why I don't really go into major detail when I talk about a song. I think this is like the most in-depth I've gone <laughs> about Tangerine, honestly, just because I've had so many people tell me how they feel about it or like how it resonates with them and I don't want to destroy that because I think that's magical on its own but I think even with how open-ended it is and how I've described it I think it still allows that mystery too yeah absolutely I appreciate you sitting down and having the in-depth discussion in spite of the mystery (laughs) I think you know sometimes pulling back the curtain on that process can be a really beautiful thing when you go research songs that you love that you've already sort of infused with your own story and you find out your story is different than the artist's story does that change your relationship with the song sometimes i think the only time that's happened is when the song didn't really mean a whole lot to the artist and Mm. but it meant a lot to me and then i it kind of i don't know if it breaks like the magic for me And then I kind of just put the song away. I'm like, well, this didn't actually have meaning when you wrote it, but it means like it means the world to me. How how can those two exist? (laughs) Um. Yeah. So as a songwriter, though, it sounds like everything that you've ever written is deeply meaningful to you because it exists, first of all, in this physical sense, because it comes out of your head and through your body and onto the paper (laughs) in this like very tangible channel. Yeah. And you were talking earlier about how when you type them, you delete them so that they solely exist in the book. Right. So it sounds like for you, it's not possible to write a song to which you're not emotionally connected. I don't think so. I've tried and it, it's very hard. If I am writing something that I'm not very attached to, sometimes that happens with co-writes, but then I do try to search for the meaning so I can actually put more into it. I do honestly do that with covers too. I won't play a cover if I have no meaning with it hmm. or if I don't have a feeling with it. And th- that can like switch depending on my mood and because I'll have people request things sometimes and I might really like the song, but I either don't understand the song yet, so I can't sing it, or I want to perform like the proper emotion so the song means something more, Cause especially since I tend to rearrange them a lot acoustically. <laughs> I, don't, I just like, I'm such a feeler that I, when I perform or sing something, I want others to feel something too, yeah. whether I don't care what kind of emotion it is, just like feel something. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's people seem to be very shut off a lot. I mean, I've I've been in those phases too where I just don't want to feel. And the whole reason why I started writing is to understand my emotions and to to feel something. And I kind I don't I'm not like pressuring others to like feel <laughs> too, but I'm just like I hope this makes you feel something. Yeah. Yeah. Like I always joke about wanting to make people cry at my shows, not necessarily like sobbing but just (laughs) feel something and maybe it'll make you smile or maybe you get watery eyes or I don't know and it it has happened but (laughs) yeah there's something to be said for creating a space for catharsis because like you said there aren't a lot of spaces where people get to feel openly emotive yeah I um made the analogy the other day that you know when like a toddler feels something in the grocery store you know Yep. <laughs> Everybody around the toddler knows because it's totally socially acceptable for a toddler who's upset to just yeah. collapse onto the floor, sob hysterically, pound the floor. Like nobody has any questions about what that toddler's feeling. They're like, nope, been there, get that. <laughs> <laughs> right? But when you become an adult, if you collapse onto the floor of the grocery store and you start hysterically sobbing and pounding the floor, people are like, what is wrong? How do we make this stop? Like it stops being socially acceptable. So there aren't a lot of spaces as an adult for us to openly emote in a way that's socially acceptable. Right. And we kind of learn to stuff everything down too. Absolutely. Especially like bigger moments that just everything that kind of has connections to mental health it just it's just like that's not important we're not going to deal with that where I feel like it should be dealt with I think we would all be a lot less angry if we did (laughs) I mean the only way out is through right you have to go through the journey that's so beautiful so it sounds like you really do make 
a conscious effort when you play to create a space where people can go through if they want to go through. Yeah. And if not, like, they can hang out and they can just, you know. Yeah, they don't have to listen. (laughs) (laughs) They can leave a drink. (laughs) Yeah, but that's really, that's really beautiful. And that's a great intention. You talk a lot about mental health and mental health advocacy on your Instagram. I do, yeah. I don't know, it kind of, it's what started all of this for me. Because I was very depressed when I was younger and I still don't really know why necessarily and I'm I still deal with it now and like anxiety and stuff too but I don't know music was like one of the main things I could do to release all of that or like at least paint a better picture for myself as to why I was feeling something or all of that and I think it's I don't know I guess I'm just trying to make emotions and feelings and disorders and stuff like known because everyone has something, whether you want to admit it or not. And it can go, it doesn't even have to be something that you experienced. It could be something that your parents experienced and now it's being pushed onto you without you knowing. Because that, that actually happened to me too. Like there's some stuff that happened on my dad's side of the family. And we just found out what happened last year. And it's something that my dad has dealt with his whole childhood. And now my childhood makes more sense because his makes more sense. Yeah. Because dots are being connected. And it, like, a lot of those things have mental triggers or emotional triggers. And I just feel like they should be made, they should be talked about. Yeah, you A, you destigmatize it, and B, you bring awareness to that, because some people aren't aware of the concept of generational trauma. Yeah. And that those things kind of live in your bones and live in your mentality and live in your experiences in a way that isn't always easy to name. Yep. Yeah, sometimes they don't have names. Sometimes it's just a squiggly ball of mess. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. What is it, the mouse in Cinderella that has, like, the string ball of yarn or whatever, and it's just like, How, where's the beginning of this thing? <laughs> That's what it feels like most of the time. It's so true, but songs, I love that you describe songs as sort of a way to make sense of things that don't make sense. It's yeah. like a chance to, in a way that most people perceive as beautiful, take that giant messy string ball and be like let's pull this thread (laughs) and see if we can get to the end of this one or just see what happens if we like isolate this one yeah exactly (laughs) music yeah music adds a lot of meaning I think to things that sometimes aren't obviously meaningful or things that are painfully meaningful yeah it's really cool music is magic yes absolutely (laughs) So do you find that once you have done what you did with Tangerine, where you find a lyric or a line that sort of puts the whole thing in perspective and you finally get to lay the song to rest on the page and you're like, no, this is it. This is the song. Is there a sense of peace about it for you? There is. Yeah. It's kind of like a chapter closes every time I finish a song or maybe it's not a chapter. Maybe it's just a moment or a feeling or a situation and you're just like, okay, this is done now. I've, I've processed this and now every time I perform it, I will continuously process it until it either has no meaning or it means something completely different. Yeah. As you begin to perform live again, do you find that the songs have different meaning? Like, has Tangerine shifted over the course of quarantine for you? Oh, for sure. Like, the first time I played this song out, um, I think it was, like, maybe summer of last year when some of the outdoor gigs opened up again. Mm-hmm. Specifically the line that you pointed out, the the touch means nothing. I was just like, oh, wow, this means something completely different now because we were literally not allowed to touch each other. <laughs> yeah, it, like, completely twists the meaning now for me when I sing some of those things, like, specifically that section of the song, really, because, like, it's almost like the night was alive, like the time before COVID was very alive. And like you could see it in the fire or the, the light in people's faces and everything. And, and then all of a sudden that's all taken away from us and we can't see our loved ones. We can't hug or shake hands or just like none of the, the basic touch of random things with people. Um, even just like a hello is not the same anymore. Yeah. And it now means nothing in a sense because it's gone. 
Yeah, it's funny. It me. I mean, it means nothing and everything, right? Yeah, which exactly. is the whole conundrum of the song. Like, yeah, a moment that means nothing and everything at the yeah. same time. That's the other cool thing about music is how it brings the stuff full circle. And you're like, yeah. oh, everything is in this song. <laughs> it's everything and nothing at the same time. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's such a beautiful realization and such a testament to the power of music to 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 your point help heal, right? Yeah, for sure. And maybe it sounds like, others too. Yeah, it sounds like for you this was kind of a disquieting situation. I mean, it was a very small situation considering like how the song was written. <laughs> but like it still meant a lot cuz again like the hope of thinking it was going to go in a different direction and then just being caught off guard that it didn't but also being okay with that. Yeah. So you had the experience of recording this pre-COVID, which meant that you actually got to go into a studio, right? Yes. What was the process of bringing it to life like for you? It was very easy. Some songs have been very difficult to put together, but something about this song, <laughs> just everything just flowed very easily. Even like the, the guys that came in and played on it, it was just, it was all effortless. It all just came alive magically. Like with scheduling, with the finance part of it, which is usually the hardest part of it. I mean, I've worked with Tim who recorded it. He recorded my previous single and then my whole album before that. And so like, we already kind of have like a groove going every time we go into the studio now. But this one just, I don't know, we just kind of let it take its own course. We didn't really plan anything. It just like with the music video, it all just kind of fell together. Like vocals were very easy. The acoustic guitar, I think might've been the first take. And then we had Jack Barksdale come in and I wanted him to play slide, but I didn't know how it was gonna come out or come together and where it was gonna be. And so we were just like, play wherever you hear it and like express it yourself. And then we like kind of picked parts. And same with, I think Brendan played bass and guitar on it, and everything he played just fit so great with it too. And then we had Chris Watson come in and he put some uh, organ on it, and it was just very, very easy. And yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it was very organic. Like everybody yeah. came in and just heard something unique in it that they were able to add. Yeah. And I like to do that when I record in general, when I have people come and record with me sometimes I'll I'll have things in mind but typically I want to hear what they hear first because maybe I like it better and it just I like bringing other people's emotions that they feel from the song into the song because I think it just it feels more full that way because it's not just something I feel it's something that they all feel yeah you get a fuller picture I love that not just something that you feel but something that everybody feels yeah. I always ask that of producers when I work with the producers. I'm like, do you feel emotionally connected to the song? Yeah, like, can you f see yourself working on this? <laughs> right, because if they don't, then to it's your point, happen. you know, you worry about that moment that you had with artists where you would look up the song and find out it didn't mean as much to them. And you're like, how? Why? It meant the world to me. Yeah. Yeah, and some of the magic gets lost if the producer's not really into it. I think you can hear that. Yeah when that happens that's so neat that everybody felt connected to it and had something unique to add it's it's a lucky song <laughs> that's awesome so at the end people are going to get a chance to hear the fully produced version of this so they can hear not only what you felt about it and what you put into it but what all of these gentlemen who came in and played put into it but you will also have new music coming Yes. So if people want to continue to follow your journey, if they want to continue to listen to these songs, if they want to hear the new music when it's coming out, um, or if they want more behind the scenes info about Tangerine and they want to bug you for it, where's the best place for them to do that? Probably Instagram. I'm most active on there. And then I do have like an email list you can sign up on via my website. I'm trying to get better at putting emails out there. <laughs> That's something I'm working on this year. But yeah, otherwise, mainly Instagram. Uh, I do have a Facebook page that kind of everything that's on Instagram gets copied over there. And then um, I try to keep my website updated too. So if there's anything going on, it'll be on there also. So for those people who are listening, um, who are just hearing us on the radio, you can find Simone Nicole on Instagram at simonenicole.music and that's S-I-M-O-N-E Nicole N-I-C-O-L-E dot music yep. and that's the best place and everything else is linked through Instagram right? 
I believe so. Yeah, my website should be linked in my bio. But you can also find her on all of your fancy social networking sites. Yes. And you can see the beautiful cover of Tangerine that features a tangerine. You can see the beautiful music video on YouTube. And you actually have been one of the lucky ones who has begun to play out again. So there are places where people can hear Tangerine live now. Tell us about the Saturday song swaps that you're hosting at Jamelli. Yeah, so um, from noon to three o'clock, I perform with a special guest every week during the Saturdays of April and May. And it's all female artists. They only want females to be there, which is actually, I feel like the first venue that is only female music. So it's really cool to be able to reach out to girls that I've even either never played with or girls that I've played with before and just like see what happens. And it's been really fun. I've done a few of them this month and last month, um, but now I have like a whole little series happening through the next two months. So that's super cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's so exciting that they want to promote female artists. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's still, we're at the tail end of Women's History Month. And the Journey Of series has been all women this month. And it's been so cool to talk to female songwriters and female artists and just hear their journeys. That's so awesome. I love that. So you can get connected to all of these women. And um, May 22nd, I have the honor of joining Simone Nicole at Jamelli which is a restaurant in Fort Worth, for those of you who are not familiar. It's a wonderful, wonderful spot. Mm-hmm. And they have a very intimate patio. And they have a lovely garden, too, that they just opened back up to with the warm weather. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. So who, what are the other, who are the other guests you have coming up if people are interested in hopping in? I've got, let me look at my calendar. I have Izzy Jeffrey. She is amazing. She usually, sometimes she'll bring her tambourine or her bass drum. So we'll see, depending on where we're set up, whether she'll have that or not. Um, and then I have Miss Ashton Edminster. Um, I haven't played with her before, so I'm very excited to hear her. Um, and then Hannah Owens will be joining me, and Kendi Jean, Trees Marie, and Miss Emmeline. And then Dylan Hoffman is going to be with me at the end of May. And then I really hope to somehow be able to continue it through the summer, too. So fingers crossed. <laughs> that would be rad. Yes, we will all keep our fingers crossed. If you're in the area, please grab your mask, come out and hang out with us. And, you know, come and support women in the arts because it's, it's such an important segment of the population. And I think it's so important for female voices to be heard in song. I agree. And it's really exciting to hear female stories being told through songs. So thanks so much for coming on and sharing yours. Yeah, thanks for letting me share. (laughs) Absolutely. So as we always conclude here, we're going to make sure people know to check you out on Instagram and to check out your official website and to search up the video on YouTube so they can catch that amazing sunset as well. But they can (laughs) add the song to their Spotify playlists and we're going to show you what... Simone was able to do with all of these amazing musicians in studio to the beautiful song you heard at the beginning. Would you like to introduce your song? Uh, This is Tangerine by myself. (laughs) (laughs) The stars have aligned That's what you said last night But words can't be trusted so early in the morning And I never would have left your side If I didn't have to get back to life But now the only thing I'm wishing for Is another escape
for joining me for this week's episode of Journey of a Song, featuring the warm and contemplative Simone Nicole. To follow Simone's journey, or to hear more of her beautiful music, find her on Instagram at at simonenicole.music, or visit her official website at simonenicole.com. That's S-I-M-O-N-E-N-I-C-O-L-E.com. For behind-the-scenes glimpses and more about Journey of a Song, follow me on Instagram at at Music. That's at E-M-M-E-L-I-N-E music. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, Journey of an Artist, wherever you listen to podcasts. Journey of a Song airs Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Deep LM Radio, and each episode is available as a podcast the very next day. Discover new music and hear fascinating stories with me, Emmeline, every Friday on your favorite podcast app. If you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe. This is only the beginning, and I don't want you to miss a single minute of these inspiring conversations. If a picture is worth a thousand words, A song is worth a thousand stories.